Some people will stop at nothing to destroy the happiness of others. Welcome to Storybroke. Miserably ever after. <laughs> uh, it's this is um I feel like we earned this episode. This was a good in, in yes. my opinion. Honestly, well, it was off a, the it, top. It was a Prince Charming and Snow White episode. It was a Prince Charming Snow White episode. Sort a of a Snow Prince episode. It's sort of a Snow Prince episode. Sort of. <laughs> but it's still sort about of. their story, so it's well constructed. Yes. Um and so before we get too much into that, I actually wanted to talk about this because I promised I would do this. I went back. I uh, actually went down the rabbit hole on looking up like every lead writer for each episode or everyone who was given the writing credit for each episode. And uh, then I went and looked into some of the other things they'd written. And for the most part, it was not a lot of stuff I I watched. Um, right. Some of them went on to some more recent shows in a, in a similar vein. Um, but I wanted to get into it. I found that the episodes that we seem to have the most issues with, um, terrible consent issues are yeah. written by the same people, mm-hmm. which happen to be the co-creators of the show, Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. Oh, Ed and Adam. Ed and Adam. Ed and Adam, uh, wrote episode seven. Uh, I have my notes here to describe like what episode seven is. Yeah. Tell me. Um, so that is the one where Regina does a sex crime and a murder. Oh, we hate that one. We hate that one. That's the Um, worst. Some of the episodes I found kind of hokey or didn't like I found were written by Jane Espenson. And her name sounded familiar. And I was like messaging you earlier today. I was like, oh my God, do we hate Jane Espenson? And then I went and looked up what her other writing credits are. And she has written so many episodes of Buffy. And um, again, I had to put a quarter in the jar already (laughs) once today of uh, mentioning Buffy on the Once Upon a Time show. But (laughs) she has, she wrote like, was the lead writer for some of my absolute favorite episodes, including uh, my, my personal favorite season finale graduation days yeah. part one and two that's part that's uh season three i was gonna mention graduation days <laughs> yes. she, yeah she wrote graduation day she wrote doppelgangland and um oh my god uh the first one in that nope uh the the, the wish the wish uh, mm. she wrote band candy that's the episode <laughs> where uh giles and buffy's mom get turned into teenagers i and love they that one cop car Oh, no. (laughs) I think it's a matter of subject material. Yes. Because Buffy is a cheesier modern fairy tale. Because that's all Buffy is. Buffy is a supernatural modern fairy tale. And it's supposed to be cheesier. Yeah. Oh, she did not write the uh, Hansel and Gretel episode of this season, of this show. But she did write the Hansel and Gretel episode of Buffy. Well, <laughs> I feel like I'm like yelling into the microphone, but like she wrote a lot of season openers. She was the executive story editor for I Faith, she Hope, and edited Trick. A lot, yeah. Uh, for Anne, and she wrote probably to me. Um, if you're if you're not a fan of Buffy, just skip ahead. Um, but she wrote one of the best episodes, not just of that show, but I think of television in general. I absolutely love Conversations with Dead People. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful episode. Uh, that is the one where 
Um, Willow is speaking with uh, actress Azura Sky, who played the teenager. It's in season seven. And is it's the, the episode- season I hated. Yes, I think so. Mm. It's the final season, but it's the episode where they're all talking to. Oh, I hated um, season six. Yes, you did. Okay. She wrote episode. She wrote uh, conversations with dead people, which takes place in episode seven, uh, season seven. And this in this episode, Buffy uh, goes to kill a vampire, stake a vampire, which at that point in the show is very rote for her, and it wound up being someone she knew. Oh. And the two of them hang out and catch up for a while in the <laughs> middle of the fight, which is great. Um, Willow speaks with actress Azura Sky, who um, I just like saying her name. Yeah. She's that girl that has a very, she always looks a little bit like quirk eyebrow and a little bit put off. Um, that could be a lot of people. She played she played the, the, the teenager who Buffy was counseling and who had died uh, in that season. I truly do not remember that. Wow. And she played, and uh, that's also the episode where Dawn tries to bring Joyce back. Oh, all of those things happen at the same time. And so Dawn thinks she's speaking with the Joyce on the widget board and then is possessed. It's it's a really intense episode and it's about loss and pain. And it is the episode, I think, that really makes the first appear as so deeply frightening uh, in that season. And yeah, that's Buffy. <laughs> She also wrote Life Serial, the episode where Buffy gets stuck in a time loop. I, I could talk again, but I, this I is will not talk a Buffy, Buffy podcast. The, this is not a Buffy podcast. This is not a Buffy podcast. We're just, yeah, I, I yeah. know when you find out that someone who wrote all these shows you like wrote some uh, of our least favorite stinkers. Yeah, like she wrote the the cricket, the Jiminy Cricket episode, which I had. Eh, yeah, it's that a, one was like that was our first one. like that was our first like mediocre. Yeah, uh, she wrote uh, Emma for Sheriff. The episode eight, Desperate Souls, mm-hmm. um, which has its issues, which, you know, I think we both enjoyed that one, but that one definitely mm-hmm. has some some odd issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg uh, wrote some stinkers, but she also wrote episode 12, which I have titled Ugh. Too Many Plots. She wrote last week's episode, which we both hated. Look, I want to I wanna point out how useless last week's um, Girls' Night Out plot was because at the end of girls night out once again just to reiterate for last week at the end of girls night out mary margaret like breaks it off right with david yep so first time we see her in this episode david's called her up and they're going for a little walk and their relationship's still going on and i was like see see yep. how useless you could have put more mr gold's more rumpelstiltskin stuff in and made that whole bell storyline make just a little more sense legitimately could have like it's been a week and we're still mad about it two weeks legitimately a useless plot line yeah except it's nice to see um cinderella get proposed to that's it that's the whole thing yep it was so useless i wrote it down yep uh this episode of my notes is titled that episode of my notes is titled too many plots (laughs) sung to the tune of too many cooks yeah it was oh i was upset so uh should we uh since you know we just ignored our introduction basically should we just get into the basic plot uh yes yes i think at this point um i can very safely say in case you didn't know i am way too obsessed with buffy mads and i am getting kicked from the inside elaine (laughs) all right so uh here's the basic plot once upon a time, Prince Charming fled King George's kingdom just days before his royal wedding to Princess Abigail, the daughter of King Midas. 
Although he was deftly able to escape King George's men because their horses couldn't jump, he was caught by Princess Abigail, who confronted him with the truth. You love Snow White, and so you don't want to marry me, which is fine, because I don't want to marry you either. She revealed to Charming that her own true love and former fiancé, Sir Frederick, valiantly sacrificed himself to save her and her father during an ambush. Unfortunately, in his moment of heroism, he came into contact with King Midas and was instantly turned into a statue of pure gold. King Charming offered to collect the magical water that could bring her love back to life. King Charming? King, Char- King Charming. Let me let me restart that sentence. I wrote, like, King Midas is right above it. Yes, I see that. Blah, 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 blah. Let me... Prince Charming offered to collect the magical water that could bring her love back to life, even though it meant facing a hideous lake monster who liked to drown people that no hero had ever survived encountering. If he survived, her misery would be over. If he didn't, then his own misery, induced once Snow White claimed not to love him, would end. Win-win. The lake monster turned out to be a siren who took the form of Snow White to lure him into the lake. Her success was only partially effective as he mostly resisted her charms, defying her and rejecting her advances mostly, as no man had ever managed before. Still, she and her magical kelp pulled him underwater, where he was able to find a sunken dagger to kill her. Having successfully vanquished the siren and survived to tell the tale, Prince Charming returned to Princess Abigail, and she was able to bring Frederick back to life. Seeing this pair of true lovers reunited sparked his own desire to find Snow White and fight for her love. Unfortunately, instead of Snow, he found Red in the woods, who told him she'd left to end his wedding and never returned, insisting that Snow White really did love Prince Charming. Even more unfortunately, King George and his men showed up to claim Prince Charming's head, and they were forced to flee. Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, After Catherine gets accepted into law school in Boston, David and Mary Margaret come to the decision that it's time to tell Catherine the truth about them. Or, at least, Mary Margaret comes to that decision, and David pretends it's a good idea. Once he's face-to-face with his wife, his story becomes less clear. They just have a connection problem. She should move to Boston without him to start fresh. No other reason, just a bad connection. Heartbroken, Catherine turns to her best friend Regina for comfort, but is instead informed that Regina has been keeping David's affair with Mary Mary Margaret a secret. After storming out of the office, Catherine heads straight to the elementary school to confront Mary Margaret, who is under the impression that David is the one who told her about their affair. After a slap and some not-so-very-private conversation, Mary Margaret learns that David has lied to both of them. And now her reputation with the townsfolk is ruined, the tramp, and everyone is hurt. Catherine takes some time to process her feelings and realizes that she and David have never loved each other, not really, and decides to move to Boston without him. She writes a letter saying that he and Mary Margaret obviously love each other and should be together. Unfortunately, she tells Regina this plan. Regina uses her skeleton key collection to break in and steal the letter, eventually destroying it, allowing Catherine to attempt to to leave town without anyone's knowledge. And we all know how that always works out. After a bookbinding montage, August secretly returns Henry's book to Emma via a backed-up gutter, and a PE teacher turns out to be a cursed Frederick who discovers Catherine's mysteriously crashed and abandoned car at the town line. So I have a question about that. Uh huh. What was he doing on that part of the road? You know, that's a great question. <laughs> One second, I think I hear a cat crying, and I just gotta check on it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 
Uh, I, you know what? So, yeah. What was he doing on that part of the road? No idea. Like, like there are no turnoffs there. There are no houses down there. It's just a straight road out of town. Unless he just likes to the, to drive to the city limit and loop around just to clear his head after a hard day of PE classes. I don't know. I was just like, okay, this is a choice that they're making with this episode. But I, I didn't let it bother me too, too much. I know that this affected me because when we first watched the episode together... I saw in the opening credits the little gazebo with a knight in it, and I said out loud to my husband, oh no, not this. (laughs) So I know that this upset me so much, specifically because of that ending. And we already talked about it in the plot, so I'm going to say it now. The ending where the guy who is Frederick, her actual true love, finds Mm -hmm. her, but she's not there. That just made me so mad. (laughs) Uh, yes, and listeners, um, by the way, this is a, a Mads steered episode, so be ready for things to be a little disjointed. <laughs> <laughs> We're both ADD, but somehow I'm the one that always manages to flip things around. Oh, but I, yeah, I had to learn how to, to self-manage mine, so I can sometimes stay on track, but not always. I, um, I am so caffeinated, so I'm like on today. See, I'm not. I got my I got my Rona shot and Ooh. my first round. You're you're about to get your second. I have my second round uh, tomorrow, so that's yes. Thursday. So that means that I will be eligible to hug other fully vaccinated and processed people by April Fool's Day. Ooh, I will be getting my second round on my birthday. Nice. So Happy birthday. I, so I will uh, I will not be able to hug you for my birthday, but I want that's a birthday okay. hug two weeks after. Yes. But you know how every year it's, my birthday is kind of a mess. It's gonna be it's gonna be a long, awkward hug. It's gonna be so so. Ooh, wait. maybe we can record in person again. Ooh, that'd be fun. I would that. I'd actually I have know. to. I'd actually have to wear something that's not my bathrobe. But I, I know I'll start getting dressed and putting on makeup to record again. <laughs> hey, what about this episode? So about this episode, sorry, <laughs> I'm not putting it up because I did genuinely enjoy this episode. Um, but I will say, let's get let's start with the past. Um, okay, as as we do, uh, especially because the meat of this episode, I think, is in Storybrooke. I got I have a a funny Luther quote um, mm. from the beginning of the past story. So so first off, I think it's real weird that King George greeted Princess Abigail on a random road about a mile out from the kingdom. I thought that that was a weird choice, but I understand wanting to tape outside instead of in front of a green screen. They do a better job when they tape outside. So so. much prettier. It looked great. It was just a weird, it was a weird story choice. And so, so then he like turns to, he turns to his guards and then he's like, find him because David has run off. And uh, they're trying to kill him apparently because they are like throwing full on lances at him and arrows and they are trying to murder him so that he can marry the princess. Yeah, it's, um... I, I'm going to say that they do that in the show so that it, it has stakes in that yeah, scene. Yeah. But it's also like does not make any logical sense. Thankfully, his horse jumps to safety over something and none of the guards horses can jump, apparently. Well, they're wearing full armor. They're, like, they're a lot heavier. Like I'm going to I'm going to self edit here because Luther made me burst out laughing. I'm sorry. My husband's funnier than me. Oh, F our horses can't jump. <laughs> I yeah, I was just like, what they their horses can't jump, like they no. they can't get over a log. I think it might be that they're in full armor and he's not. 
yeah that i'm gonna i'm gonna give that that's my conceit but, but it was still real funny <laughs> they are a in full armor and he is and, not and he's not and b it's to show he's bold enough to 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 try making that jump, but none of them want to take that risk. And this is the thing I have been harping on because uh, we do a lot of uh, David Hayton in the the future time or the present storyline. And because, we will today too. Oh, we sure will because cowardice, <laughs> like I, I keep saying, I was like, here's how I know cowardice is part of his curse. It's because in all of his, his fairy tale moments, he is this brave, daring doesn't care what happens to him as long as the right thing happens. He That is what he is. He even says it in this, none of them have my fearless bravery. Mm-hmm. And that is what he is missing as part of his curse. Uh, yeah, he definitely is because the man has no spine. No, none. None. None whatsoever. Also, we glossed over it, but yeah, uh, when she gets out of that carriage, Abigail looks stunning. Oh my God, her her outfit. I think she might be my best dress. Because that, uh, that writing yeah. outfit that she's got, oh, it's my favorite thing. She's not wearing any Claire's jewelry that I noticed. Mm-hmm. Everything looks good. Yes. Uh, I was I, like, look at you. I think the silver stuff was a rebellion because of her dad mm. turning everything gold. I think that's all it was. You know how well, rebellion the, jewelry can get. And the silver looks good with her coloring. Oh, it really does. But you know how yeah. rebellion jewelry can get. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. It's not always the best choice. It's yeah, just have, there for a rebellion. Yeah, I have, uh, I have a lot of holes in my head. <laughs> I've only got the two. Um, did, yeah. So a little while later, Abigail. James, yeah, James is caught, and we don't know who it is at first, and then it's revealed it's Abigail. That was Yay. she wants to help him get away. And why is that? Because she loves someone else too. When she comes out in that red and gold coat, that is my favorite thing. I want that outfit. It looks like. It's not quite like practical wear, but it's a lot more practical than what we've seen most of the... It's got pants under it. It's so good. It's got pants under it. It's a riding outfit. Oh, it's, it's so, so good. good. I love it. But then she like busts up. I don't want to marry you either. And I'm like, hey, she's in control of this situation. Yes. She is intelligent. She is, I will say, a different character than we met before. And I'm okay with that. Well, she's always have- been like grumpy. And this yes. is why. Yes. And, and I, I was saying to you before we started recording, I was like, I like Princess Abigail a lot. Her yes. and Catherine are completely different characters. Princess, you know, Catherine is sweet and demure and a little um, a little weak, which is okay because she's vulnerable. Like she cares. She really cares. Meanwhile, Princess Abigail has seen some stuff. Oh, yeah. And she doesn't care. She is bold. She is not feminine. And I love that about her. I just, I really, um, I also enjoy that this this fairy tale that we're getting is more or less original. Yeah, you know, it's it it's a fairy tale, and it follows the rules of fairy tales. But it's it's more of an adventurer story, mm-hmm. um, which I I liked. Yeah, it it fit the same vibe of the show. But other than Hansel and Gretel, I mean, everything else we've gotten has been Disney. So it, it was nice to see something different and i enjoyed that yeah and also uh, abigail is a hat girl it's a good hat it's a good hat oh that, that's what's been wrong with all of her outfits before now no hats yeah yeah i'm sorry my brain just like shut down for a minute we had to think uh, about yeah yeah uh, go ahead so so I, I like that he goes into his sob story about how she's she's like i know you love snow white 
I want you two to get back together. Someone's got to have a happy ending because I had true love and I lost it. And he was like, well, it's a tragedy, really. She doesn't love me. And she's like, oh, you think that's a tragedy? Follow me to this gazebo that contains my solid gold former lover. Yeah. I also get the impression, um, it might not be the case, but that she may be a little older than him. Uh, um, she's certainly she, more mature. She was already engaged, so it's possible, yeah, yeah that um, this, was a, this was a money match. Yeah, because when I see her, I'm like, oh, she's an adult, and he is, <laughs> he is still, I mean, I get he that. Me and the, Snow are the same age. Yeah. He's like a kid in a lot of ways. I mean, he is a, he's a full adult. I think he's like a 25-year-old man. Yeah. But like, he just seems arrested compared to her, you know? Well, he had, the, he had this like idyllic little country life. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, they were poor and they had to struggle to make ends meet, but, you know, they had a good family relationship and they really didn't, like, suffer. So he he did have it. He really didn't start suffering until he became a prince. Oh, yeah. And she's lived with a cursed father her whole life. So, like, no hugs from her dad, no affection whatsoever. She's a little more cold and standoffish. She had to grow up faster. And if I remember in the original story, um, Midas turned her into gold. Ooh, I haven't read the original story in a long time, so you Same. might be right. Oh. It might have been his daughter, it might have been his wife. Um I think it was his wife, but it might have been his daughter. I don't know. You're right. I'm going to have to look that up after this. It was it's an old Greek story, so it was yeah. the one female character who doesn't have a name in that story. Oh, of course. Um Speaking of, uh, before we go on, I did also want to note she had a great line. This isn't about you, James. It's about yes. me. Yes. I was like, yes. Yes, I know. It's, it's, I wrote that down too. <laughs> and really it is. Even though most of the action follows James in the past, this is her story. And I enjoy that. Especially because, you know, Abigail isn't a bad guy. You know, I, I could not remember no, what, not. what broke them up. But she is, in the writing of the show, she's written as an obstacle. Well, so- having her get to be her own person in this story and in this episode in general just really made me happy. I really began to, yes. I really like her character. Well, that parallels Catherine. Yes. Cause Catherine's just there to be a, an obstacle as well, which mm-hmm. sucks for her. Cause she's like, as Mary Margaret said, it was like, she's so nice. It would be easier if she was mean. Yeah. But she's so nice and she's so sweet and she just cares. And she just wants to have love and yep. she just wants everyone to be happy and okay. And so yeah um I, I don't want to spend too 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 much time no, here because we have right. a lot to get on and i rambled about um buffy for a while and <laughs> we'll get more into it but i did want to note um i enjoyed the introduction of the of nostos the yeah. river nostos uh i had to look this up because i was like okay i know that's a reference to something but my uh my <laughs> literary undergrad bs is well behind me but it is a it's a theme used in ancient greek literature it includes an epic hero returning home by sea. It's very, nice. very specific, um, which there were a lot of water themes in this episode. Yes. Uh, with I the left well. The, I left the, the well out of the basic plot because it was just one sentence. Yeah. So, <laughs> we'll get to it. But yeah, the, the well source later on, the well source is uh, Nostos. Yep. Yeah. Just just a cool concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so like the Odyssey is Nostos. Okay. So this is now James's odyssey. Uh, the the but the idea was that you know like dying in battle is honorable, um, surviving is is impressive, but this is like you know the olden timey days, and these are sea voyages in extremely primitive 
uh, conditions. So yeah. like surviving the journey back home is its own thing. Yes. So it's it's a very specific and high level of heroism to return home. So I thought the idea of Nostos, the river of heroes return, being the way to bring back this uh, golden hero. I like that. I thought that was really clever. And, and he does learn a lot about himself on this journey. Yes. I think uh, a little bit everyone does learn a little bit about themselves, both in the past and present this one. We'll um, get to it, but I definitely drew a little penis next to my notes at one point. Mm-hmm. We'll get to oh, it. Oh, I, I know exactly what you're going to say. I know mm-hmm. exactly what it's coming. So let's move <laughs> on to the siren. Uh, love the siren. Um, oh, she's I, gorgeous. I looked at this actress and she's like basically pretty girl in one episode of everything, which oh. is sad because she seems really fun. Uh, I wrote I wrote down that um, a woman comes out of the lake in my wedding dress. <laughs> pretty much but then i looked at it closer i was like oh no that's glitter dot mine was all rhinestone baby <laughs> yeah this was still the early era of uh hd being the new normal so you good. know I, it was we, a good we, glitter we dot. Away with glitter <laughs> it was a good glitter dot and it was wet so that means it was easier to like dry off and stuff i also have no wig complaints this episode oh no no the costuming um, for this costuming was so good yeah I love this white outfit. Like I said, it reminded me of my wedding dress. She just comes out of the water shimmering. And I was like, oh, that's what my wedding pictures looks like. <laughs> Except blonde. Uh, she very quickly turns into snow. Yes. Because James is like, no, no, I'm good. I already, I'm already in love with someone else. And Snow Siren, I just like oh, straight up. So I wrote in my notes, I wrote, what is Elaine doing in this episode? <laughs> Look, Jennifer Goodwin looks so good in that glitter dot get up. She looks does. So I so good in it. I stand behind. I think that you two have very similar faces and expressions oh, a do. lot of times. And um, pointy chin, uh, cute little cheeks. Yes, but you wear, you know, like jewel tones and you are not afraid of rhinestones and glitter and chunky jewelry. Mm-hmm. And we always see snow in very, you know, I can rock a snow she's in fur, uh, as snow she's in fur or one white dress. And like seeing her. You think I can't rock with, a pastel in a cardigan? I'm not you, saying you can't. You know I can I'm rock saying, a pastel in a cardigan. You just missed that part. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying she doesn't dress yeah, like you so seeing her in a sequin gown and um like that that lavender eyeshadow and that i was like dress that headdress i was like i think i played with that in elaine's car before <laughs> though the, the kissing that tiara looks straight up dangerous <laughs> i'm like oh that's gonna scratch his face are we gonna get a new scar origin story <laughs> um and this show sure does love to have a predatory woman yeah well yeah yeah uh, so it's the siren, like it made sense in the case of the siren for this, like the 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 old legend of she's going to lure him to his death by being mm-hmm. sexy woman in water. Yes. Um. Didn't make her sing. Didn't make her sing. Didn't make her sing. I liked the shot under the water of her feet walking across the surface. Yeah, uh, that was well shot and helped to make me go, oh yeah, this isn't like a pond. This is deep. <laughs> Uh, that needed to happen so lake. that we would believe it. Yes. yes. Even though like the lake itself is, you know, like. It's a pond. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I a... didn't write down the exact dialogue, so I'm going to let oh, you say it. <laughs> I did. All right. So she's she's ter- just turned into Snow White 
And he's like, I don't want some illusion. I want the real thing. So he keeps rejecting her. And she's like, well, sometimes our illusions are better than the truth. And then she's like, just kiss me and I'll show you. I know you want to. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. And she's pressed up against him. And that's where I wrote a penis in my notes. Yes. I've been, re- I've been listening to a lot of uh, Regency romance novels, and it's all about manhood pressing up against their trousers. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all I could think of. I was like, oh, no, those leather pants. I have a uh, literary wh- whiplash right now. Yes. Uh, because I went from reading, uh, you know, a series of uh, gay Regency novels uh, where it's it's all about the yearning. Yes. And then a friend of mine had recommended I read Poppy Z. Bright ages ago. And I was like, finally, like, okay, fine. I'm going to check this out. It's horror writer. Uh, this is the one they're most known for. So let me check out Exquisite Corpse. And man, that is some whiplash. <laughs> that is some very graphic sexual contact and also Ooh. violence at the same time. And I was, I had to put down the book, take a breather. Um it was not a, ooh, this is hot kind of thing either. It was a, this is deeply upsetting and distressing. There is a screwdriver involved. Oh, no. No, it is It is a horror story. What show are we taping right now? Oh, my God. <laughs> it was it was really upsetting. And so, like, I was like, okay, I need I need something. So getting this episode was kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she does get him to kiss her. Yes. And, and he drops his sword and he tries to resist again. And she does the thing where she swaps side with him to get in between him and the shoreline. Mm-hmm. And that's when she's able to pull him down into the water. Yes. He does tell her that he's, he like finally does resist because yeah. he's our hero and he has to well, ultimately resist. She drops resist. the elbow. Yeah. And that breaks him out of it. Uh-huh. Uh, he's like, this isn't real love. And she's like, congrats, Prince Charming. You're the first. And that's when she pulls him underwater um, to show her corpse collection off. Uh, we see, yeah, we see a, a knife. Yeah. A, a he, dagger. He pretends to be dead near the dagger. So she comes to kiss him again. And that's when he stabs her. And uh, Luther said, that's a surprising amount of blood for this show. I know. I wrote the same thing. I wrote, this show blood. <laughs> and her transformation ends when she dies. So her hair turns back to blonde and he escapes. But yeah, it was, all, it was a lot of blood. And it was very dramatic because it was against the white and the blonde. All the, the water, water effects were really well sweet. shot. But Everything they, was like really well shot here too. I was like, good job. Like this is why I rag so much on the bad CG or color grading in other episodes because I know they can do better on this show. This was underwater and the colors looked great. It looked amazing. Everything was vivid and bold. And I know this was a water stage, you know, this was yeah. not CG, but uh, you know, I am a photographer and the, the white balancing isn't, you know, that different. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I, well, I did TV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so James returns to Princess Abigail. She asks, how did you slay the beast? And, you know, he lies to her in the past too. Oh, I missed that part. Writing very quickly. I don't remember why I said that he's lying to her in the past too, oh, but he, I think wait, just... Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it. He thing. PC meets Abbott Gazebo. He did it. She pours the water. Uh, oh, I guess I didn't write it down. It was something about. It was just something about. He knew that her love was at stake, and yes. that's what got him through. Yes. Even though it was, I mean, he does eventually. Was, he yes. comes comes back around to the point of, I do need to fight for my own love. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was like, oh yeah, I was thinking of you. He was not. Yeah, no. 
but it does sound like heroic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's him. And it's I think a brave he was, lie. Yes. That was a brave lie. I think. And he was saying it for her. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least this time when he lies to her, it's actually for the good of everyone involved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Frederick does look like a drawing of a Disney prince though. Yes. <laughs> he ungolds. Like he's alive. not, he's not, um, personally not what I would describe as handsome, but he looks like a drawing of a Disney prince. Yes. Yeah. They, they definitely pulled a prince driving. He's got like two lines this whole show. Yes. Um, and, and I think one of them is just gasping. Well, no, he, he says, you know, he thanks, he thanks Prince Charming for rescuing him and returning them. Is there anything I can, you know, I'm in your debt. And Prince Charming's like, just marry the love of your life. Oh, and give me a horse and some provisions. Yeah. Like, like the guy who's been frozen for several years can help with that. That's all Abigail. Talk to her. Yeah. Um, and Maybe then he, he was addressing both of them. I yeah. don't know. And he decides he is going to chase after Snow White. And he says, true love isn't easy, but it must be fought for because once you find it, it can never be replaced. And then she's like, okay, so hurry, hurry so King George doesn't kill you. Because once he finds out the merger's uh, abandoned, (laughs) then he's going to kill you. And some people will stop at nothing to destroy the happiness of others. Yep. Which in the episode, we cut to Regina. But uh, it's such a good transition. Yes. Um, there's only one other scene that happens, which is, uh, James finding red and some exposition, her basically telling him that, um, Snow White never came back. Still loves him. Still loves him. Obviously loves him. How could he not think that? What an idiot he is for falling for that. I mean, true. The King George shows back up fully armored on a horseback, ready to kill him. And so he, and he pulls red onto his horse and they gallop off to find Snow White. Yes. Who we already know has uh, taken drunk. her, taken her forgetful curse. She drunk from another river. Yep. I was, was that a river? Was that a lake? A sea? It was a. She body had to take of, a boat to get to it. It was a body of water in a fog set. It was a good set. I liked that set. Simple. It was simple but effective. Uh, meanwhile, in the present. David, there's something we need to discuss. Ooh. Ah. Oh, it's going to happen. So I will say that I watched this half of the season probably in the course of one day when I oh. watched it. Um, so a lot of this is like forgotten or blurred together. So I I am watching it almost for the first time with this. <laughs> but I'm just like, oh, snap, what's going to happen? But Catherine isn't dropping what we think. Yeah. I'm really happy for her that she got into law school. I'm so proud of her for having like gold. Ah, yes. Goals beyond, like, I'm going to be and wife. Yes. Like, she has her own drive, her own plans, her own ideas. um, And she doesn't just want to be married to the uh, animal clinic vet. uh, Animal clinic. uh, He's not even a vet. Yeah. He's just a a janitor. He's a cage sweeper, yeah. Which (laughs) is nothing wrong with cage sweepers. They are needed and necessary. Yes, 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 yes. I'm just saying. She's She's got ambition. He's a dumb cheater. And he didn't have a good job, so he's a dumb cheater. He's very dumb at his cheating. I don't, I don't approve of cheating whatsoever. But he's especially dumb at it. Yeah, that's got to be a good what? PG PG what? PG show. I didn't say it. What did I? I was just like thinking about what might keep someone with David at this oh, point. Oh, fair, fair. You drew a penis next to it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, 
Yeah. Uh, and it was an awkward dinner already. And, and she's so excited. And he's trying to not let his weirdness show. So he excuses himself and calls his girlfriend. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just just great. Good Which, job. again, we just did this last episode. Yeah, last episode they were broken up and now they're walking together and it's very clear they're together again. And Mary Margaret is back to telling David to crap or get off the pot. And honestly, we are all so tired of this plot. Yes, we've it's seen exhausting. it. It's exhausting. We're especially tired of it because it happened all last episode. Yes, in a much funnier format because of the mixed up Valentine's cards. I woof you. I woof you. Ugh, he agrees. That's the grossest card. Oh my God. They picked that one specifically because it was disgusting. Uh, I think that um, our our uh, famous writer friend, Jane Epps Espenson, must have written that. <laughs> because she also wrote the best line that on is your cheesy. Gifts. I like it. Yeah. She, yeah. But she wrote, um, why can't you just masturbate like the rest of us? Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 She does comedy well. Yes, she does. <laughs> um, so. We advancing to uh, the next morning. Well, they he he agrees. Yes, yes, it's time to tell her it's better. It comes from him. Make a choice. I choose you. Then just do it. And she walks away. So I'm like, yes, good yes. for her. Yes, finally, she's sticking to her guns. And he almost tells her, but she's <clears throat> so excited about these apartments in Boston, and he's a coward. Yep. And so he lies and makes an excuse. Mm-hmm. And she she should have a fresh start, but without him, because they're obviously not, they're just not connecting. Yeah, they're just they're just not connecting. The sex is fine, but they're <laughs> not connecting. Ugh. God. Yeah, David said no. And I went, no! No! <laughs> I think I just sighed really heavily. Howard. Um, yeah. No fearless bravery here. Yep. Um, <laughs> we, we we skipped two scenes that I wanted to talk oh, about. Oh, did though. we? I apologize. I'm not leading. I uh, I have mine in the episode order in terms of which scene happened, which time. I know there's multiple plots happening at once yeah, on this so side. I. But I, uh, I don't have them separated out in my notes. But I wanted to mention Emma walking oh. to... Emma walking to Granny's, running into the uh, cocky hot stranger who we now know is named... August. August W. Booth and the W's for Wayne. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes me a little nervous because if your middle name is Wayne, you're a serial killer. And your last name is Booth. You got a bad history as an actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but I genuinely like the name August. Mm-hmm. It's one I don't hear a lot. And I'm worried that liking the name August, which, I mean, instantly I was like, if I had a child, I might name August. Does that make me an white? <laughs> I knew a couple of Augusts. They were white. Uh, Emma goes into the Emma goes inside, sits down after agreeing to meet with him that evening. Now that she has no excuses not to, yeah, yeah, because um, she knows his name because she had a very good reason. <clears throat> I don't go on dates with people who won't tell me their name because of my my job history. That means that you got a wife or you hide body parts. And I'm just not going to risk it. Oh, I know your name now. Well, okay, yeah. He's hot, literary, and has a motorcycle. I mean, why not? Seriously. <laughs> um, I like, remember when I agreed to stay away from David? I didn't. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Because this whole time, 
we've been like, how does she not know? How is she missing all these people lying to her? At least she's not missing this one. You don't cover your tracks. You're a lovesick school teacher. When I'm, I like, she's like the plunging necklines, the late nights. She's like plunging. And here's my favorite line. When I met you, you were a top button kind of girl. (laughs) I love that line so much. This is also a, a similarity for me between... Elaine and Mary Margaret, because when I met you, you were a top button kind of girl. Well, I was outside like, of belly dancing. Was I? Because I remember having to go to the mall with you and Shane and complaining that um, high necklines were in style. And I didn't, I couldn't find anything with the proper amount of cleavage. This was, uh, this was, that was, we had known each other a fair bit at that I, point. It's just, I wore men's button downs all the time and you can only go, mm-hmm. have those go so low. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just love Emma calling her out in 4k. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not, she's like, well, why didn't you say anything? Well, I'm not your mother. And she goes, well, according to Henry, I'm yours. Oh. <laughs> we get a scene of August practicing classic book binding techniques. Yeah. I am so it was turned a, on by this. New. That was a that was a sexy book binding montage. I w- I am I um I'm dripping. I <laughs> I am sorry, everyone, but I will simp for this man. And I I I want to point something out as someone who has seen it before, sitting next to someone who had never seen it before. I like slapped Luther and I was like, look, look, he's adding to the book. And Luther said, is he adding to it or copying it? And I realized, I was like, oh, I guess we can't tell. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oops, I should stop jumping in. Uh-huh. <laughs> Speaking of things, I have in my notes that a uh, Regina is giving Henry a present. Yes. It has this blue sparkly paper inside. And I'm like, is this foreshadowing? I say yes. Oh. She gives him a freaking Tiger Electronics game system. So, yes, they're clearly stuck in the late 80s, early 90s. Yes. Because uh, I think I had one of these. Emma even says I had one of these. Yeah, I said I played that all the time. It's called Space Paranoids. <laughs> <laughs> I guess good with that name. I was like, the, they were so creative with all the love lines and the best video game name they could come up with those space paranoids but i i do appreciate it's very clear that she is genuinely trying yes no she, that, she, yes though though i did laugh it was like <clears throat> i know you don't have a book anymore so here have video games i would have had the same reaction as a child as henry <laughs> um my books were were taken from me when i was punished well before tv or video games because <laughs> all i watched was buffy <laughs> i liked her reasoning of this way you get to be the hero. Mm-hmm. I liked that. That was cute. She was trying. It's yes. one of those times where I've 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 talked about it before. She it's proving that she actually does care about her son. Yes. She just cares about herself more. And my heart hurts for Catherine from the second she mm-hmm. walks into the scene. This actress is she's so good. Why she's doing such good work. And I mean, unlike a lot of the other performances on the show, this is a little more grounded. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be why she doesn't stand out for us as much. Oh, no, she also doesn't get near the screen time. She's always stood out to me because like from her first, like there's nothing to dislike about her. Right. She's just doing a good job and she's just got her whole heart in it. She's just trying to be vulnerable and open and make the best out of a hard situation. And she keeps getting trampled on. Yeah. I, I think this episode is what made me really um, care for her. 
mm-hmm. a lot more because like I didn't dislike her. It was just kind of like she's she's there and she's doing yeah. good work and and she's there and she's on screen for like five minutes at a time per episode. And yeah, that's it. So this was really I just this scene is so strong. Her she, my heart just like I'm ser- it ripped in half. And I also feel bad for for Regina in this scene because I think that she genuinely felt like keeping this information from Catherine was the right thing to do. I mean, I mean, she had her, she had her reasons for keeping it because she, she says it as so yes, because she, she does say plainly, motives. she does say plainly, no, that she wants them to reconcile because she wants them to be together because she wants David to not be together with Snow White. Yes, I, she has ulterior motives. She wants David to not be together with Snow White. But I also think that she believes that keeping David and Catherine together will keep Catherine happy. Mm. And that she does care about Catherine's happiness. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. Because look at how miserable Catherine has been trying to keep up a brave face for her husband who just won't connect with her this whole time. She's trying. She is like grasping at straws to get this man to just show her some tiny bit of affection and so no i don't think she's been happy this whole time and i think that that i I don't agree that's it's okay if we disagree sometimes right we're still friends oh yeah i I actually (laughs) i see your point on this i've been wrong before and i only watched this episode i'm not saying you're wrong i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying that uh no keeping her in this marriage is punishment to her too because it's also keeping her away from her pe teacher yes I, I like I said, I don't think it's malicious on Regina's part towards Catherine in the same way that it is towards Snow, who she can't stand. Mm-hmm. But I do see. Yeah, uh, she's she's got it out for anyone who's found true love that isn't her. Yes. Fair. Meanwhile, at the school, Snow White is taking a phone call. Mm-hmm. It's you told classes. the truth. Oh, yeah. He, he says, oh, yeah, I, I told her. It's all done. It was it was bad. It went real bad. But she's so proud and she'll see him after school. And then she's very optimistic about it. And he's such a bad liar. So that was a lie. That was a huge lie. Because in comes Hurricane Catherine. And, she, and Mary Margaret's not surprised to see her because she expected that she would be confronted after David told her. So she immediately starts apologizing about it. Whap. Slaps her right in the face. She slapped the wrong after, person. After but I loved my trash TV, so she she bumped into uh, Frederick. Yes, we we don't know he's Frederick at that. Point. We don't know he's Frederick at that point. We haven't seen his face, but she bumps into a handsome PE teacher carrying some soccer balls down the hall. Who Luther was confused, thought he was just a very old student. Um, How do you do, fellow teens? They they focused on his face for an oddly amount of time, and I was like, take note of that face. And he was like, what? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So she, I, I love that she just comes out and slaps her and she's like, can we talk about this in private? No, you mm-hmm. didn't. You have no respect for me. So why should I give you that? Yep. I'm like, yes, girl. Yes. Yep. This is princess Abigail coming through. Here is the righteous fury that I kind of wanted to see. Yeah. Stand by. It should have been directed at David, not at Snow White, not yeah. at Mary Margaret should have well, been directed at David. So to a lesser extent, yeah. Mary Margaret. But I yeah. feel like Mary Margaret has been like, hey, here are my boundaries. Uh, yeah. They may have kissed. I don't know. It doesn't. It's ABC. So, of course, they didn't sleep together. But, like, he, he they have been emotionally cheating. 
Yes. Oh God. They've no, they've been straight way. up cheating. They've been and, straight yeah. up cheating. Yeah. And like even Regina didn't make it any easier by calling her that little homewrecker whenever she greeted her. But uh, yeah, it's just no privacy for you. Mary Margaret says, we didn't lie. David said he told you. And she's like, well, he didn't. He made up some BS excuse about our connection. So I guess he lied to you too. You deserve each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, most of this anger should have been directed at David. You're right. But because they were so blatantly going around, I understood why she went and yelled at Mary Margaret. Yeah. Uh, we never get to see her confront David, which she says I, I couldn't see him. Well, he says it went really bad. He says it went really badly. So I'm assuming there was some yelling before she left. Maybe. And ran yeah. off to Regina's office. Um, we cut to Emma's date. August is like just the right level of pushy. Oh, because she's very pushy. So it works out. Yeah, it's like, it's not, it's not aggressive. It's more like taunting. It's playful. And it's playful and it's, it's cute. And I like them together. Like um, Granny definitely appreciates it. I like it. Granny's leering. <laughs> Granny's leering in the background. She's like, if you don't go, honey, I will. Uh, which I have some words about Granny leering when the next time we see her, she's giving Mary Margaret a oh, dirty look. Oh, the shame. Yeah. Oh, that um, made me mad. I was like, oh, pick a different character. August At least it wasn't red. Her, yeah. August is taking her to a different watering hole than mm-hmm. Granny's place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, well, actually, huh. it's a well, actually. <laughs> As I said in my head, it's a literal watering hole. Emma goes, a watering hole? Literally? Literally. <laughs> Say what you want about me. I always tell the truth. Mm? That's an interesting thing. It's not whiskey. I like, she's like, this isn't whiskey. Oh, you want me to get you drunk? No. Next time. I like their cute banter. I like their cute it's banter. Nice to, it's nice to have a cute banter in a relationship again for one episode. I, I'm going to say for this season, at the very least, they are my OTP. The, I... Emma will have other love interests later. And I always kind of think that she and Regina should just work it out and become mommies. But even though that family tree is a little bent. Yeah. Since Regina's her mom's stepmom. Yeah, but um, they're not like blood related. Yeah. Who we got Southern in here for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that, that one movie, that one Brady Bunch movie they had. You're my cousin, only by blood. Oh, Anywho. No. Whoa, no. They, I said they don't have a blood relation that we uh, know of. I think that's Mean Girls. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, they, are, they are the couple that I really wish would be together, period. Spoilers, but um, I, I love these two together. I enjoy their banter. I enjoy their relationship yeah. um, from what I remember of it. I, I like him a lot. I like him. her with him. Yeah. Um, they're a good team. So, yeah. Uh, you can cut this out later if it gives too much away. They pull the old improv trope of, uh, they give him a swollen tongue with him. They nerf him. So he's not useless in a scene later. So. Yeah. You can cut that out though. That's all spoiler. No, I feel safe. That, that is vague enough. <laughs> that is vague enough. You know what I'm talking about. They gave him a swollen mm-hmm. tongue suddenly. Yeah. After, it's after that scene. It's just problematic. Yeah, after that scene, we get a couple of things about Mary Margaret being treated like trash. We see Tramp is now spray painted on her car. Tramp is spray painted in red on her car. And she says, who did this? And we find out later. 
We do find out later. <laughs> I say I think it's Tramp because that's what they can say on primetime ABC. Yep. Um, and now we reach this oh. episode's oh, designated wait. breakup. Go back to the go back to the date real quick. When okay. he's talking about the magical water source, he's telling her all these legends about the source of, and this <laughs> water source has magical ability to bring back something you've lost. And she's like, I thought you just came here. How do you know this? He was like, well, I read the plaque. <laughs> That's such a good gag. And the yeah. delivery of it is so good that it doesn't, it doesn't land as like a lame joke. It lands as like cute banter. Yes. Just, uh, Knows more about her town than her. Cause he actually reads the historical monuments. Cause um, I, w- I will say sometimes his delivery is not um, where it was with say Jamie Dornan. Oh no. See, I'm, I'm still sad about Rest in that. peace. I'm still sad about that relationship being ended um, by death. Yeah. Horrible death. Um, but water is powerful. And if anything has magic in it, it's water. Yes. And he, he, she's like, you believe that? He's like, well, I sort of have to. I'm a writer. Mm. I also really enjoyed the, these, these parallels in this episode between the past, the, you know, the, the, the story book world and the story book yes. world um, with, with the water being mm-hmm. magical and being a key and being, you know, the, the MacGuffin for both plot lines. Yes. I thought that was nice. It was a good echo without it feeling forced. Yes. Um, so I really, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, but, but, but yeah, I wanted to move on to. Um, yeah. Sorry. It's good world building and I liked it. I it is. Mention it. It's good world building. Yes. Um, but yeah. And now though, we do have to reach this episode's, um, yeah. Requisite breakup Granny between shaming? charming and snow. Granny shaming. Oh yeah, we talked about granny shaming. I have I have Mary Margaret mad mad people whispering granny shaming Mary Margaret <laughs> sad sad. Ugh. Yeah. So Tramp is on the station wagon. David is frantically scrubbing her car, and she confronts him about him lying. And he's like, "Well, I, I didn't really." She's like, "Oh, you did." Uh, they both have end tear during the scene, and he says, "Well, who told her?" She says, that's the wrong question. <laughs> uh, you were supposed to. He was like, well, I, I I thought that it would keep people from getting hurt. She's like, exactly. You did. That's not you what thought. we thought. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a we. And you didn't want to hurt anyone. And now everyone is hurt. And so he makes this really bad argument for them to move on. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is too destructive to be love. Also, it's very similar to what um uh Catherine told him about moving to Boston. Please explain. He's talking about how we can move on, we'll have a fresh start. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. she said maybe what we need is a fresh start when we move to a new city. Yeah. And moving yeah. forward instead of trying to recapture the past. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's a mirror, which is also why I don't think this is very sincere of him because he's just repeating what he's heard <laughs> desperate people say. Oh anyway she ends it and he cry. Mm-hmm. Um, she walks away and uh, good for her. Yeah, good for David, her. David is making some terrible choices. Um, choices. Choices. And uh, and I'm mad, mad about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, David. Ew, David. Yeah, sorry if I'm rushing a little bit. I'm trying mm-hmm. to keep our time down because it makes it easier. Edit Remember, tomorrow. we took like a five minute break while you chased a cat. Oh yeah, it was two. <laughs> I lost the time when I got back. Um, meanwhile, so we we move forward to Abigail returning to Regina's office. She apologizes. Oh. Sorry, okay. 
Okay. Yeah, we'll go to that. I'll come back to the other one. What what was the other one? Oh, it's a different plot line. Oh, yeah. Um the next scene is 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 that uh Abigail and um Abigail, Catherine and Regina, they're talking. They're they're uh, the Catherine comes to apologize to her. Yes, and it's I like so sweet. Yeah, it's sweet. It's sincere. I don't think Regina is accustomed to someone. She's not doing that. She seems very caught off guard by the whole thing. I will say um, this is this is the first time Regina has ever believed someone truly thought they were her friend. Mm-hmm. She's so thrown off by all the sincerity and the actual affection from Catherine that sometimes it catches her off guard, but not enough for her to lose sight of her true agenda. Yeah, but it's it's one of those things that. I see how and why they will redeem Regina later, despite the fact that she's a murdering sexual assaulter. Mm-hmm. 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 We, we love Lana. We're not, this is not about the actress. <laughs> this is about Regina being a bad person. This is about how well the char- she plays this character who we dislike. We're going to forget this in season three and be like, I love Regina. She's coming great. Like everyone else does. Um, it's, I, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just going to bring a Buffy reference in. It's like how, how every time I would be angry at Spike, someone would always say, oh, but that was before he got his soul back. I don't <laughs> care. Or um, Xander. Oh, the worst. Literally doing something in season one that they call sexual assault in season six yeah. And Xander's cool because Xander is Joss Whedon's self-insert character. Oh, oh, uh-huh. oh, uh-huh. oh, uh-huh. I was just complaining about that guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, back well, to this. So anyway, my marriage to David was like an illusion, and I. Whoop. Oh, whoop. I like how she spent this time processing her feelings with the picture of David and Mary Margaret looking at each other lovingly. She's been processing. She's been processing her feelings about this turn of events while looking at the picture of Mary Margaret and David staring lovingly into each other's eyes. Yeah, and it made her realize that she and David have, even before the accident, never been in love. Not real love. Not like what he has with Mary Margaret. And yeah. she wants that for herself. Good for her. So she, she deserves that. She doesn't want David back, which alarms regina and and she's like i i want real love but not with david so i'm gonna go find it i'm gonna continue with my plans to go to boston i even wrote david a letter saying that he and mary margaret should be together regina's like well you did what you did what now <laughs> that <laughs> interferes with my plans she's like, thanks for being such a good friend and then she drops the um the fourth wall I've always had this irrational fear of leaving Storybrooke. Like something's holding me back. Is that crazy? And Regina's like, no. No, I don't think that's crazy at all. Because change is scary. (laughs) So she encourages her to leave. Mm -hmm. uh, Because she knows what's going to (sighs) happen. And so that's when we have the, the greatest transition of Abigail saying, some people will stop at nothing to destroy the happiness of others. And the scene changes to Regina using the creepy skeleton keys that Emma found um, in the She and Sydney break-in episode. Yeah, I don't think we addressed that those were skeleton keys before or keys to every house in town, but yes. Well, no, we didn't know. We didn't know what they were for. Yeah. They, we just knew she had them. And this shows that she, she can enter everyone's house. So she breaks in with the skeleton key. 
to specifically steal the letter to David. Which is, um, just sidebar, my specific fear. Yeah. <laughs> um, someone entering my house when I'm not around. Yeah. And just being in that space, like, is so unsettling to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anywho. I have a I have a set design question. Mm-hmm. She, they have this little glass orb mm-hmm. next to the thing. And it looks like there's the imprint of fangs in it. I could not make out on the on the uh, thing I was watching on. It was a little small. It looked like fangs, big fangs. They were big fangs. <laughs> so uh, maybe they were leaves, but they looked like fangs, and it surprised me. That's it. So M, so M has already M walked to her car one day, and uh, it was a little rainy, and there was something washed up on her at her back tire, and it was a box that contained the book. So. We see August kind of looking at her, receiving yes. it. You know, we don't know if he's a bad guy or a good guy, but they seem to be. He seems to be a neutral force at this stage of the show. Yes. Um, but yeah. And so she she heads off to school before she knows Regina will be there to pick Henry up and finds him playing Space Paranoids. Paranoids. She loves this game. She used to play it all the time as a kid. Relax. It's all in the wrist. Well, he says his mom gave it to him. It's fun. She's like, well, I got something for you, too. I'll keep it quick, and then I'm going to go. She gives him back his book. I found it in a gutter. She has a crazy explanation that she thinks happened, where she, she thinks it fell off the back of the garbage truck, and that fell into a gutter, and it got washed down to her car. Either way, it found her. And Henry says, you know what this means? It means our luck is changing. Operation Cobra is back on. Hooray. Hooray. And uh, then we have the sad scene. Yeah, we have uh, Mary the, Margaret is in bed crying. The, the women who cry in this episode are so good at it. Um, yeah, and Emma asks if she wants to talk about it. She says no. She asks if she wants her to go, and she says no. So Emma climbs into bed with her shoes on. And just lays next to her. Yeah, well, you know, their boots, they're hard to take off. It would have been a whole thing. It would have distracted from the grief. And also, she's got like an outer bed spread on it. So it's protecting the Shoes on the bed. I know. Who I raised know. you? Well, well she, she was in oh, foster care. Give her a break. Yeah. <laughs> Crap. She had a bad time in foster care. Give her a break. Yes. Okay, fine. Keeping she... her shoes on is how she keeps her shoes on. Uh, and then we cut to Regina's office where she opens a drawer and there's a big old can of red spray paint. Whoop. <laughs> Which I'm sorry, I gotta say tramp is a word Regina would use. It is. There's also like some smudging on the outside of it, which means at one point she was red-handed. Ah, yep. Yeah. No. She yeah. had gloves. Oh yeah, but that's still a red hand, even if she yeah, but she definitely wore gloves oh, for that because she, she wears gloves constantly. Yeah. It's like put- one of those things where like Regina wore gloves, so I feel like I should wear gloves. <laughs> She she also in the in the spray can drawer is also the letter for David from Catherine. Uh-huh. Which she burns. Uh-huh. As Catherine silently without telling anybody else drives out of town at, at night. Mhm. And she's we see her looking hopefully at the Storybrook sign and we cut away to handsome PE teacher who we now know is Frederick. Uh-huh. Randomly driving towards the town line. It's just, we'll just accept it. I'm not. I'm not going to accept it. This was a weird call. The magic of the town 
and of Emma slowly oh, breaking yes. the curse is driving him towards her. Okay, I'll take that. That's good. That's good because you use the word driving. <laughs> so so he sees a car off the side of the road crashed right in front of the, the town sign uh-huh. with the airbag deployed, but it's empty and there's no driver. And I have always hated that he did but did not find her. Mm-hmm. And I understand that this is a, a an actual big plot point, not him. Yeah, that's coming up in a big dis- way very dis- soon. Disappearance is a huge plot point for the rest of this season. Mm-hmm. But I'm still so mad that it it had to be she was so close to finding her true love. Yeah, this this lady cannot catch a break. I know. It's Regina's fault and I hate her. Mhm. For many other reasons. There are many reasons for me to hate Regina in season 1. No, and I, one of them is that she broke Catherine's heart so many times. I will say, based on the direction of the episode, I am it is a big it is a big um Thumbs up from me for this. Mm-hmm. I felt so tense watching Catherine drive away from the town. Yeah. Is she going to make it? Is she not going to make it? And we don't see her crash. We don't see her. We just see looking out the window towards the town sign. And the mm-hmm. next time we look in, we're closer to the town sign. And so there's this little part that makes me feel like, oh, we're going to get to see her cross before we realize we're seeing her car. Yeah, crash by the sign, and so it's so well done. It's no, um, it's really well done. I like this. I, this is a good episode. Um, not a lot of action happened, but a lot of stuff happened. A lot know? of story happened, and none of it felt um, pushed. Pushed. There was only one bit that I felt like it was uh, housekeeping. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where we're just trying to get some uh, some some exposition out, and that was in the past with uh, our dear friend. Uh, red. Oh yeah. Took well, me a they, second. That was they were showing where we left off with him. Mm-hmm. Um, how he ended up out there looking for. Um, then yeah, just getting a little bit of oh, but then we have to run. Yeah. Whoops. So, um, this was a better episode than last week. Mm-hmm. How many uh, pilfered dear John letters out of five mm. would you rate this episode? You you know what I. I do enjoy this story and I enjoyed the original content of the backstory. So I'm going to, I'm going to be real generous and give it five pilfered dear David letters. Okay. I'm going to be generous today because I liked it and I don't want to punish them when I enjoyed it. I, uh, I'm going to say that I think this might be my first five out of five for an episode. Wow. I think this was a really strong one. Everything was well acted, well directed. I thought we gave Trollbridge five. Did we? I think we gave Trollbridge five. I think you you may have I may I may have given it a four. You're stingy. To me, I will go back and listen to. I will probably not go back. You're a little stingier with your numbers than I am, which is fine. I I am. That makes sense. (laughs) I am. I am a professional media critic. But then I have been harsher on other episodes than you have been. Yes. (laughs) We have different tastes, but I will say that this is an episode that I uh, I don't think ever dipped. And no, this might be the first time that I feel like at no point during the episode did it dip in quality or anything, really. I just I just enjoyed it the whole way through. It left such an impression on me that I knew what episode it was in the opening credits. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly which story it was. And I, I'm, that must mean I liked it back then, too. I was yes. so, and I had an emotional reaction to the way it ended. 
<laughs> so yeah, same. well done. I had yeah, I had genuine emotional responses to it. I was on the edge of my seat. You know what? Yeah, five out of five. Five out of five. Heck it. Yeah. Heck this it. this was definitely this was up there. This was great. Uh, um my best dressed, I don't know. It's kind of a toss up. I'm thinking about it. Cause I really, really, really liked Princess Abigail's riding outfit. But I also really, really, really liked Sparkly Lake Sirens outfit. Uh I am I'm giving my best dress straight up to Catherine. Uh, everything she wore together. like it's yeah. Catherine and Abigail I, I all have yeah. Abigail's like chunky sweaters and stuff that she wears in the present I'm Catherine. like Catherine uh, I'm like I want those mm-hmm. that sweater that looks cozy that looks comfortable like yes she's a well put together lady yeah yes. like I feel like like her I'm going through the roughest point in my entire life marriage and experience Outfit is still more put together than I go into work on a good day. She made and, she yeah. made Regina look drab this episode. She made Regina look drab this episode. Yes. Very much drab this episode, which is impressive. Especially with that cute scarf she had on. Yeah. But I just yeah. can't I just also I gotta I gotta put mine as a tie because that outfit is just so sparkly. You gotta give it to the sparkles. I gotta give it to the sparkles. It's the sparkles in the riding outfit are tied for best dressed for me. Fair. I can do that because I I am a woman of multitudes. I can like both on an equal playing level. You know you you are a surprisingly deep pond. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and if someone disturbs the surface, out I come. <laughs> out you come. You pop up, transform, and then drown them. <laughs> In my personality. In your personality. <laughs> That's so accurate. <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm quiet and calm and then they get to know me and oops. <laughs> yep. Do you have any final thoughts for this episode? I am. I don't think we ever see Frederick again. And that makes me, that feels like a, a lost loose end. We will find out this season because no spoilers, but there are a lot of things and characters that are introduced this season that they just kind of decide they don't really want to spend any more time on afterward. Which hey, is, hey, you know what I wonder? Hmm. Did Frederick and Abigail get married at all in the backstory part? Because Dave, because Prince Charming and Snow White had time to get married and have a baby. So were Frederick and Abigail married before the curse took place? Sounds like you need to make a trip to the Once Upon a Time wiki. I guess I do. This episode is not sponsored at all by the Once Upon a Time wiki. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing, but okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. I get a lot of my. Uh, that makes sense. Here, here are bloopers and things like that. that makes you know that sense. that that bit I dropped because half the time I didn't have enough to do anything do, with it. Do we have any good bloopers? This uh, or good cutscenes this episode? I did not look into that because you I were was, doing other homework. I was doing other homework, and I was going down the rabbit hole on all these directors and some of the obscure actresses and actors from this uh, from this episode and this season so far up to this point. I'm just going to ask our audience once again to uh, please tell your friends that we are babbling about this wonderful show that everyone seems to have a love-hate relationship. Yes. And um, if you if you don't like us, please be nice to us. We are not bad people. I, I am. <laughs> um, Mads talks a big game, but they're a sweetheart. If uh, I'm going to ruin your reputation. 
If uh, if you want um, for hating on Regina this episode and season, you are welcome to cancel me. Oh no, this season she's she's absolutely worth hating on. I don't care what anyone else says because we haven't watched the rest of the thing yet. We're just judging by what we've watched now. Uh, I'll have to uh, drop the audio for a. <laughs> I'll have to drop the audio for something that um, was sent to me by listener and friend of the show Brady this week, which is basically like. You're attracted to villains, so do you condone what they do? And it was, yes, I do condone it. They're hot, and I think they should do what they want. (laughs) Which, from the way I react to some of the things on this show, is very much not true. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, Zulz. So as Elaine said, if you like the show, please tell your friends about it. We cannot do this without you. We do this for you and also for ourselves because we like our own voices. If you Um, enjoy the show, go ahead and rate and review us on whatever your platform is. As of now, I am an Apple user and I can see that we have exactly two reviews and one of them is me. (laughs) I will will go and recover my Apple account and we will get three reviews and then one of them each two of them will be the hosts of the show <laughs> yes hey if i recover my apple account that's saying something because i have to go <laughs> dig through a lot of documentation with my dead name so <laughs> thank you so much for uh listening to us and going down this rabbit hole with us and so once again this has been story broke miserably ever after <laughs> <laughs>